Yeah. Well, I mean, like a thing like this is just going to drive you crazy no matter what. All right. Anyway. <clears throat> do you want to do this one just completely like serious? Deathly. Okay. Um, look, so look, here's the deal. Okay. <laughs> I hate coming to you guys like this. I know you're sick of it. You're well, saying, once Here again, he is. asking for your financial support. He's coming around again. That James boy yeah. begging for money, begging for five star iTunes reviews. That's the thing he does. I'm um, tired of it. Believe me, you know we're all tired of it. As I'm a straight tired. man on this show, I am, I am tired of his shenanigans. I am tired of having to come to you and say, "Please, sir, I need another five star iTunes review." Um, some people leave them based on the show, but you're actually supposed to do it per episode. So you're supposed to leave a new one for each episode and, and give that episode five stars. And then um, we, you also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash talkfilmsociety. And um, you can send us email at stephendestroypodcast at gmail.com. We love the email. We love to get them and read them and open them. And um, sometimes I click the button that makes it look like it's an unopened email so I can have the joy of opening it again. So just send me. He does it a lot. Send us the emails. Yeah. Send us the stars and the reviews and the Patreon donations. And um, most importantly, your love and affection and um, loyalty. Because when you're doing Steven Destroy, there's not enough of that to go around. There's not. Thank you for your time. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. Welcome back to Steven Destroy, the podcast where we watch every Steven Seagal movie so you don't have to. I'm your host, James Barrett. Uh, I'm your other host, uh, Dylan. And we're talking about On Deadly Ground, the first and last directorial effort from one Steven Seagal. Uh, One thing that... uh, the fans aren't gonna like that we gotta get out up front yeah well yeah. you know I, I think i think it should be said you know mistakes get made um and and uh you know things happen in life and uh and 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 here we are about to un- unveil some truly heartbreaking news to our fans our rabid rabid fan base yeah we don't know how they'll take it yeah they might turn against us. We might lose everything. But we, uh, it's been a little bit since we've watched a Steven Seagal movie. The initial conceit behind Steven Destroys, we're watching one Steve a week until we've Steved all there is to Steve. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we don't have to explain ourselves to you. Yeah. Shit you know happens. What? You know what? Stop asking. I would really like it if I would, <laughs> if I had stopped getting so many direct messages this, this last week. Um, and the week before, I should say. Well, Asking of course, where, where we are, which is extra impressive because the, we're recording this so far in advance. The fans yeah. already w- wouldn't have even been aware. Yeah, beyond it, just yeah, the sincerely cultish following of this of this Stephen Destroy um, podcast. Um, quite alarming, I would I would ar- I would argue at this point. But it's it's a big part of the the show is kind of just the the effect 
of that much Steven on the human brain. So the fact that we've had a pretty healthy break, I think is important to acknowledge because I think it's going to impact a lot of things, almost certainly going to impact our final judgment. I mean, of course, we'll get into that later, but you know, we're just, it's been about four months. No, God, (laughs) Jesus. I was like, how long have we been out? Been four weeks since the last time I watched a Steven Seagal movie. Since I watched, uh, no, that's not true either. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> we both Three got hit. Weeks. We both got hit over the head really hard, uh, and that's, <laughs> that's we why. slammed our heads into each other. We both reached down to pick a dollar off the ground and cut. <laughs> yeah, we built that Steven money off the ground. Three weeks since Three I weeks. watched Odd Deadly Ground. Four weeks since we last recorded. Yeah. I, um, so I'm not sure how well I'm going to remember on Deadly Ground, but I got my notes. Yeah. Um, I've got my pride to yeah. not admit when I don't remember something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I think that you can think of this episode as sort of a, a hazy, dreamlike remembrance of On Deadly Ground and uh, what exactly stuck out to us a few weeks later, it, which is in one sense, I think could make this episode uh, interesting in its own right that uh, we get to tell you what the lasting effects of on deadly ground are and not so that's much true. Yeah. The immediate effects of them. That's true. Um, we can absolutely get into it because everything's all fucked up and all our rhythms are off. I'm not going to do the whole bit, but uh, have, Dylan, have you watched McGruber yet? <laughs> you know, I haven't. I, I, I can't say I have. Although, with um, all that time. With all that time. Although, uh, well, I was, you know, I was knocked out for most of it. But um, I think that. Um, wasn't, wasn't, I think one of the characters in On Deadly Ground had a. It wasn't Magruber, but it was a similar Magruder. name. Magruder. Magruder. Yeah. Yeah, John C. McGinley plays Magruder. Magruder. All right. Let's do one more little segment get ourselves back into the Steven groove before we dive into on deadly ground. We're going to have a little visit from Steven's Forb friends. Oh man. And this is when you drop in the, the theme, but speed it up. So it doesn't take so long. <laughs> okay. Just really speed it up. Yeah. It'll be 10 times as fast, arguably. Okay. And I think it would be like five seconds long if that math adds up. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. All right. That's what we're looking for. Okay. So we'll count to five seconds. Yeah, it was absolutely five seconds. Welcome back to Steven's Forum Friends. So this week we're taking a look at a post on Steven Seagal net called starring in one of Steven's films. This post was from June 23rd, 2008. It was posted by the forum member, Baby Girl. I tell you what, man, uh, 2008, I mean, that's, that, that eliminates so much of the, the great work Steven Seagal has done in the 21st century. So, I mean, th- this, is, this is an excited, this is a rabid Steven Seagal fan that doesn't even know what they're in for, you know? Of course. Yeah. So I will tell you that I am going to be removing one answer that I'm not going to acknowledge just because it's a movie we haven't talked about. So what's the point? 
And then I'm going to include one that we haven't talked about just because the response is really good. And then every other response does not matter because it does not address a movie that we would have, <laughs> that we have not talked about. Cool. All right. So the question is, if you could star in one of Steven's films, which one and what part would you take and why? And Baby Girl's response was simply, hard to kill. I would be Kelly LeBrock's part, the love interest, because just one look into his eyes and I'm smitten. Yikes. And a reply to that was, ah, yes, much better than one of the bad guys who end up knocked out on the ground or dead. Ooh. Uh, former member Tiger Feet <laughs> says, the role I want to play with Steven Seagal is in the movie Inside My Head. Damn. Teaspoons. Erm, I would like to play a wife role, but also a mad bitch role so I can fight with him. XX. <laughs> and then somebody replied to that specific comment with, my pup is already protesting. She says she's the only mad bitch around here. Ooh. Ooh, man. Really, really digging in deep here to the, to the lives of the Steven Seagal uh fan page i would say well they're just all so fucking weird uh this one is by somebody named orangutan the role i would like to play is the woman that he so badly wants but he knows is forbidden fruit and it just bugs the crap out of him because this time he ain't getting what he wants Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hmm. this one's really good the goon in the blue jacket from Hard to Kill, just so I could have my arm snapped by the great one. I mean, I guess I I admire like that attention to 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 detail that that being able to remember the the goon in the in the blue jacket from Hard to Kill. But I mean, a guy gets his arm snapped in like sixty percent of Steven Seagal movies, so I'm not yeah. I'm not sure why <laughs> not sure why he'd want to be this one in particular. We'll have to go That's back. Just... We'll have to review the footage. Yeah, sure. It's just his favorite arm snapping. Mm. It's the crispest one. Yeah, we'll have to rank our top 10 Stevenson Bowl arm snaps. All right. Now, this answer is a... uh, (laughs) This is the big one, I think. All right. Yeah, this is the main event here. If I was older, would I like to be Kelly and Hard to Kill? But I have to keep dreaming about those stuff with anyone or Mr. Seagal. I'm just 13. And there you have it, folks. And then there's one more. Oh. And uh, we're going we're gonna to be done with Steven's four friends. But it is just such a genuinely insane. It's like entering some sort of portal into another dimension. Um, this is the last comment that we're going to do. And this is in response to... Uh, if you could star in one of Steven's films, which one and which part? <clears throat> Love will make you happy. Love can make you sad. It can even make you laugh or cry. There is only one thing it cannot do, and that is last forever. Fuck, man. What a, uh, <laughs> what a truly touching sentiment. Yeah, all right. Well, that's been our visit from Steven's forum friends. We are personally friends with all of them. And so is Steven. Yeah. Wait. What? What do you mean? Oh, I thought you said we were friends with Steven. 
Oh, no, no. No, no Steven's friends with all of them. Oh, he's or friends. Or Steven's foreign I, friends. Oh, they're Steven's foreign friends. No, I thought, I said, we're, I, I was, oh, misheard you. I was like, wait a second. I don't, I don't remember seeing Steven Seagal on my friends list any time recently. He's my number one. Oh. Well, that, uh, that's good news, because we're going to talk about the most, probably the most Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal movie, as he has... Uh, his, the most uh, uh, control over this one that we've certainly seen him have yet, and uh, that we will maybe ever see him have. Um, and that's, yeah. that's that's on damn the ground here, man. All right, so you watched the first half of it about three weeks ago. Yeah, right before I bopped my head. But you you watched the second half how recently? A few hours ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we'll get to a certain point where you'll be able to kind of lead us a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, On Deadly Grounds. And, and and I think what we did with Under Siege is probably going to be the best way to really kind of start approaching this. I think hitting, you know, trying to hit every single beat and everything really deep is probably not the best way to go, considering that there's just so little like <laughs> in yeah. any of these movies. Yeah. Yeah, there's but very little little to this movie. Let's let's just power through, you know, see what see what sticks, see what we kind of mm-hmm. latch on to. But I gotta say, first thing we're opening with, Bald Eagle. Yep. Yeah. Bald Eagle. Beautiful. Some killer. Some killer music. Yep. Snowy mountains. It's America. We're in Alaska, man. We're in Alaska. Whole movie is about uh, oil. Yeah. Movies about oil rigs. There's, there's a significant amount of oil in this movie. Uh, it's kind of like Stevens. There will be blood. Yeah, yeah, and I. Um, this is yeah. This is his artistic oil masterpiece right here. Exactly. Um, which we never answered the question, the the Stevens form friend question. Oh. Uh, who who would we who would we yeah. be in a Steven Seagal movie? Yeah, that so we have. I, so I have to pick like a real experience. character because they all seem to just pick real characters from from Steven Seagal movies. Yeah. Okay. Um, God. God damn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can. It's like hard to remember the names of anybody in any of the Steven Seagal movies. Oh, I don't. I don't. That's what's particular. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's particularly impressive. Um, well, you know, the funny thing is, is like, there's basically nobody in a Steven Seagal movie that. Uh, is cool or admirable <laughs> uh, <laughs> like i can't think of a character who i would feel satisfied with um so you know i'll be uh i'll be the uh guitarist in tommy lee jones's blues band in under siege because i can sit around and see all that cool hard rocking uh nonsense from from under siege that'll uh, that'll that'll be my steven seagal character okay yeah I think I'm gonna be the grandma that gets uh, shot in the head and out for justice. Yeah, uh, like gets her head pulled out of the car window and gets ganked right there in the street. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty brutal one. Okay, back to on deadly ground. Yeah, our favorite, our favorite on deadly. Our ground. favorite Steven Seagal movie. Our favorite Steven so, Seagal directed movie. But Definitely. yeah, so St- Steven Seagal, his whole thing is he's like some sort of fixer for an oil company run by michael kane his exact job is pretty unclear he just 
solves shit, I guess. Yeah. The movie opens where there's an oil rig on fire, and um, they're bringing Steve in to save the save the day, and people like these uh, oil workers. It's you know this giant fire and oils everywhere, and as soon as they see Steve's coming, they're just like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah, that's a that's a direct quote. Is "Oh, thank God" when Steven yeah. appears. Yeah, his name's um, fuck. Oh fuck. Uh, uh, fuck. Fuck. I just watched Forest. Forest. Forest Taft. Right. Look, we're getting back into it. Yeah. You know what? This might not be our A game, but this will this will certainly be you know one of the most raw. Steven Seagal, Steven Destroy episodes. You're gonna see. You're gonna. You're gonna. It's, it's episode one, part two. Um, yeah, or like an episode point five. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, is I don't even have the passion about on Deadly Ground. You know, like coming in with like a like an Out for Justice or even like a Hard to Kill. You know, there's a certain amount of passion in how much I hated Hard to Kill. Yeah. Or how fascinated I was buy out for justice yeah but it's any feelings i had for on deadly ground sort of you know kind of faded away thrown away in the wind man we gotta we gotta make sure that everybody knows what on deadly ground's about so they feel satisfied and don't feel compelled to watch it yeah we gotta Um, do our duty here yeah and so yeah uh this is steven seagal's uh Real big uh, environmentalist uh, statement right here, I guess. Um, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess that's, that's what he's going for here. This, is, um, this reminded me of, like, if the sketch that we watched, the SNL sketch, where oh, he's... Oh, no, absolutely. Where he's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a whole movie of that SNL sketch where Steven Seagal is uh, taking pictures of... Uh, I don't know. Uh, oil company the executives. Oil company. Yeah, no, being, it's like being literally evil. the exact thing. Even yeah. at the end, he's like, "I didn't want to resort to violence. They pushed me." That's like the end of that sketch. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, no. This this is that SNL sketch made into a, a whole movie. And, and uh, so Stevens at this rig, and he's gonna fix it. He he just blows it up. He just blows up the rig, but everybody cheers. It's a huge success. Yeah, it's a common thing um, in this movie where. Um, Steven Steven blows a lot of shit up in this movie that like I don't know in my head didn't seem like I, I mean I, I feel like the whole, I don't know I just feel like yeah, he blows I, a lot of shit up where like maybe he didn't really need to <laughs> you know? well I've I've never worked on an oil rig I don't claim to yeah you know be an expert on the oilman's lifestyle yeah but I I, I feel like you know the rig's on fire. Yeah. And it's just like, we got to blow it up. It just doesn't totally add up to me. Yeah. Well, but, I, I guess I'm referring more to the end as well, where uh, well. the oil rig is not on fire. And in, instead of try, trying to get it shut down or something, Stephen just, I mean, I'm going to, that's a spoiler. I guess this whole podcast is a spoiler. What, what the fuck am I talking well, yeah. about? Yeah. He, yeah. He just blows the whole thing up. Yeah. He, well, I mean, that's Steve. That's Steve for you. God of destruction. Yeah. You get a really good line when he's work, uh, going up to the rig. One of the dudes on the oil rig, who's like the foreman, who's I think a good buddy of Steve's. Yeah, this is, is just a classic like, right here. He's like, you're nothing but a whore, because all he is is a you know fixer for Michael Caine, big oil. And Steven's like, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'd fuck anything once. Yep. Uh, a time, a time honored classic steven seagal quote 
It's a pretty good one. Yeah. The foreman says that he thinks Michael Caine, like, sabotaged it. Or the, uh, was it the regulators? Yeah. The, the preventers. The preventers. He thinks the preventers were bad, and that's what caused it. But Steven's like, well, why would Michael Caine per- intentionally sabotage his own oil rig? But uh, you'll find out. And uh, we get a, a good scene. Steven goes to a bar. And this oh, is, boy. in my opinion, like the most Steven Seagal scene in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh... I don't remember very much, uh, you know, like details from from watching the first half of this movie a few weeks ago, but I certainly <laughs> I certainly remember this scene. Yeah, it's a pretty well. I don't know if a good scene's the right word. Yeah, but it's a pretty Steve scene. Yeah, uh, he's at this like cowboy bar. Everybody's dressed up like a cowboy, <laughs> and there's some big cowboy being real racist to a Native American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really bad. And it it goes a about how you'd think except they have us wait so long before steve like beats the shit out of this dude like you know that the whole idea of the scene is going to be steve beats the shit out of this dude but yeah it really makes us work for it we (laughs) have to watch this poor guy get get uh hate crimed over and over again yeah because it's like there's one really big hate crime outburst at the beginning of the scene and then there's a full second one later and it's and the first one was bad enough it's like all right yeah we we hate this dude this 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 guy's an asshole like we don't we, this guy's a fucking racist dude we don't we don't need this this second uh part of it to like get ready for steven to kick his ass like we've been ready for this for a while <laughs> but alas we we do get it we we get we get all of it and i guess that's the thing with this scene is that it it really like milks out this whole scene whereas like other parts of this movie uh, like other other like fights and deaths and stuff in this movie get like very done very hastily, uh, which we'll get to in the final scene with with John C. Uh, uh, McGinley. I almost called him uh, John Riley, uh, John C. Riley, um, John C. McGinley at the end of this movie, uh, who's like big death scene is him just like running away for a second and then getting fucking <laughs> propellered into an airplane. <laughs> well, we will talk about that later. Cause yeah. That was a very interesting scene for me. Yeah, I'm but... really into that scene too. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, so Steve's at this bar, and the foreman shows up, and they basically have the same conversation again about the reg- or the preventers. I keep wanting to call them regulators. Yeah. They're preventers. And he tells Steve to, like, I don't know, go into the log books and, and check the preventers. And then the cowboy's racist some more, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a big bar brawl. Like, everybody in this bar just decides that they're all going to try and beat up Steven Seagal. Um and so, you know, it's what you'd expect. He's snapping arms. Yeah. Um, Conveniently, everybody in the scene <laughs> runs at him uh, as fast as they can so that he can he can do all of his Aikido, um, which is always my favorite part of a Steven Seagal fight scene is him just standing <laughs> in the center of three people and each of them individually running at him one at a time. Um, yeah, it's just full it's great. Speed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they, they run really fast. Like at him. Yeah. <laughs> they do, and then yeah. he just sort of flips them a little bit. Yeah, flips it's them. like if what if if somebody just casually strolled up to Steve, he wouldn't know what to do. Everything he does is just using their momentum. Yeah, flips them. If you want to, if yeah, you want to get wild. Steve, you just got to creep up on him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't remember when a... it happens in this fight scene, and maybe mm-hmm. you have it written down when it does. But I do know that at some point, um that Steven uh, hits a man in the balls real hard 
And oh, he does not. He does not hit this man in the balls real hard. Yeah, he grabs them and squeezes. Yeah, is this when the guy uh, screams, yeah. "My balls!" Yeah, my favorite. My favorite part of the I, movie. I have written down my nuts. Oh well, maybe maybe I'm, I wrote it down wrong. This is the part of the movie that neither of us can remember. So. I know. <laughs> I think nuts. I think it was nuts because I think nuts was a lot like where <laughs> weird. Yeah, no, that is extremely weird. Yeah, that, I can't imagine having a, a giant beast man like Steven Seagal cr- crushing my testicles and me just be like, "Oh my nuts!" Yeah. Um, oh god, my giblets. Oh, right, and so this is this. Oh, this is when we get into the hand slap game. My favorite. Oh god, what a surreal yeah. part of this movie that this is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody <laughs> in the bar like forms a circle around Steve and the main racist, and you know you're like waiting for Steve to break this dude's neck with one arm, but instead Steve challenges him to that game where you like put out your hands flat, one's like uh, uh, like straight, and then one's kind of upside down, and the person with their hands at the bottom has to pull their hands to the top real fast and hit the other person's hands. Exp- People know what the fucking hand slap game is yeah you know you just try to slap somebody's hands and they try to pull them away yeah yeah and uh well steve's better at it than him yeah um substantially better at it as one would expect and i i don't really remember the sequence of this but i think at one oh the way it works is whoever wins like a round of the hand slap game gets to do one punch gets to land one punch right that sound right yeah that sounds familiar yeah and so steve keeps winning and then eventually he just starts punching this dude in the stomach over and over again until the dude just wraps on the floor yeah my man just fucking pukes uh right on the floor he just beats this man in the stomach until he pukes on the ground yeah and uh we get the big deep steven seagal <laughs> quote uh here as well we get the the what does it take to change in the essence of a man which i'm now realizing i think he might say to michael kane at the end of the movie as well this is a i think this is the big oh. like roundabout quote here of Undead if he Girl. does i have no memory of that yeah i don't either but uh, i don't know looking at that quote because i wrote it down the first time when i was watching the scene i think i think he might say that to michael kane it doesn't really matter but i think that i think that he might do that so. I guess it would at least make some sense then if they were trying to do it as foreshadowing. Yeah. But he just says it to this man in the bar. He's like, what does it take to change the essence of a man? And this dude's like, I need time to change. <laughs> and Steven walks away with the Native American dude. And it's pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, think, I believe after that we, we move on to... Uh, to the big city uh, we're, we're we're moving on to to michael kane here mm-hmm. and uh I, you know at this point like i'm not surprised this is just like the classic trope of a steven seagal movie is that like michael kane is comically fucking evil in this movie <laughs> like <laughs> well okay you want to talk about people who are comically evil in this movie yeah uh john c mcginley <laughs> yeah Un- unbearable like a different level of just insane evil yeah like on par with uh fucking richie from out for justice yeah yeah honestly this is almost like having two richies in one movie yeah well michael kane's like i don't know he's a very stereotypical 
like a big executive main bad guy that's not really going to do any of the fighting, but he's the bad guy like yeah. at the top of the pyramid. He's kind of like what he would be the bad guy in like a kid's movie where like <laughs> Steven Seagal had a dog sidekick. Yeah. Which uh, probably would be preferable to on, on Deadly Ground, actually. Steven Seagal with a dog sidekick. Well, that's uh, which one is that? That's that's out for what? justice, right? Where he, where he has the fucking dog in his oh. car. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he does have a dog sidekick in that one. Yeah. But it doesn't talk. Yeah. Well, that wasn't it's a stipulation. Voiced by Kevin Hart. Yeah, that wasn't a stipulation that we had we had brought in earlier, or by Kevin James. No, nah, it'd be better if it was voiced by Kevin Hart. You're probably right. Um. Anyway. Yeah, Kevin. Talk aside. Yeah. This is Stephen Kevin Destroy. Kevin, wait. Yeah. <laughs> this is Stephen Destroy, not not Kevin Destroy. Am I am I right? Yeah. I am. Or, unfortunately. Um. um uh um uh you got this one buddy um uh there it is so so all within (laughs) all within kevin (laughs) thank you which is of course a reference to the classic metallica song all within my hands (laughs) yeah everybody knows that one yeah everybody's favorite song off their favorite album saint edgar right (laughs) I don't know, man. If we're, if we're, if we're, if, oh, if we're finally into the Metallica part of the podcast. Thank God. Um, yeah, if we're, if we're talking about Metallica albums, like between Death Magnetic and the Black Album, I don't, I don't know. Oh well, I'm pretty sure all within my hands is a song off Saint Anger. So anyway, yeah, we'll get back um, to you guys on that one next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! I had a correction that I needed to do, but now that it's not at the top of the show, it's not even going to matter. Yeah, we'll do it at the but, bottom. Uh, well, I'm just going to do it right now. Yeah, go I'm just going to do it right now. Go for uh, it. Last week, I said uh, Bushwhacked was a Rob Schneider movie. Mm-hmm. It's a David Stern movie. And, uh, well, the tweets, the tweets we got. Yeah. Oh, my God. The hate mail. The fucking tweets. And if you want to talk about the tweets, let's talk about us not knowing that Rob Schneider's You Can Do It is a recurring motif in Adam Sandler movies. And not, oh yeah, we talked about that too. Yeah, and not just in either the Water Boy or the Longest Yard. Well, it was in fact in both, as as well as some other shit. Little Nicky. Little Nicky. But we'll get all on this when we do our happy or yeah, Happy Madison <laughs> oh. podcast. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> ha- ha- <laughs> ha- <laughs> happy Madison of the day. Uh, a play on hero of the day yeah that... from load or maybe reload yeah um anyway i don't know so... why i can't remember the names of any of like the well-known metallica songs yeah um but i do want to talk about how uh, in the next scene in this movie uh we get steven seagal doing some hacking if i remember right yeah yeah well we get steven seagal on a, on a computer he's not really doing any hacking he like just logs in because the security guy's get an alert that Steven's accessing these files about the preventers. So he's not hacking. He's just putting in his username and password. Yeah, well, it, it, it felt more like hacking. And I, and well, I, no, I it like is it treated. Yeah. It is treated like Steven's hacking. I'm just saying oh, that yeah, the fact that definitely. this dude's like, oh, Steven's accessing these files. <laughs> like, oh, look, Steven's It means here. that Steven's just putting in the security questions. He's putting in his dog's name. 
Yeah. And but it turns out the preventers were bad. They sure were. And Michael Caine knew, but yet he still put them on the oil rig. Yeah. But why? And um, so I have a note that I'm going to see if you can clarify. Yeah, we'll Cause see. Because certainly, it certainly fits for the movie, but I'm not sure why I have it right here after Steven looked up the files and the security guard finds out. My note is, uh, Dr. Cox wants to kill Steven. Why is he like that? Well, what I have written down, oddly enough, right underneath of this hacking scene is uh, Dr. Cox torture scene. Um, well, that is true. Yeah, because that's, that's what's coming up here. Dr. Cox wanting to kill yeah. Steven uh, and Dr. Cox's uh, torture scene, I think, are, are good to put back to back here in uh, referencing, again, just how unbelievably evil uh, the Dr. Cox is in this movie. Um, yeah well so the foreman from earlier is like downloading onto these like floppy disks the information about the preventers which i don't understand why he has that on his computer yeah just his he's personal like in his house computer yeah he's just in his house loading some stuff on floppy disks and then dr cox and like his henchmen bust in and torture the shit out of this dude yeah no they really do um uh it's pretty rough um, I, I have I have written down my my note for this scene is just very dark. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, well, it's pretty rough. Well, the way the scene goes is he he just keeps chopping off this dude's fingers. He sure does. It's it's just he keeps doing it. This dude's losing fingers left and right. Yeah, who knows how many fingers were left by the time this was over? Well, he ki- the the man's dead. Yeah, well, yeah, so. they 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 kill him absolutely. Um, um, um uh, but there uh, I I don't remember what it was in reference to. We had a really good. Uh, I was probably was torturing him and trying to get information and the guy was like fuck you and we got a good fuck me fuck you uh, from from Dr. Cox in this scene and that's always my that is always my favorite uh, uh, lazily written uh, (laughs) thing in a movie is fuck me question mark fuck you exclamation point Um, so we got one of those here well they try really hard to make John C. McGinley's Magruder like some sort of I don't know, like kind of the trope of just like a really wacky, crazy, unpredictable villain who's gonna like hurt you real bad. Yeah, they tried to make um, him Gary Busey. Yeah, well, exactly. No, <laughs> he's, he's like the exact same type of character. Yeah. Um, but, but it's just so over the top. It's just too much. <laughs> With the, like him chopping off these fingers and the fuck me, fuck you. And uh, he's just very evil. Yeah. And Michael Caine, so it turns out Michael Caine only has 12 days to get this oil rig up, or he loses the rights to the land, which is why he used the faulty preventers, because he he was in a hurry. And um, I have, uh, my next note is just, what is Forrest's job? (laughs) And and, and this is the thing that I, I, unless I miss something, I don't think it's ever really clearly described. No, um, because he he appeared to have been brought in, you know, to fix that oil spill, that oil fire, and uh, but like Michael Caine and Doctor Cox, uh, Doctor Michael Caine and, and Magruder, Magruder, I should say. Um, yeah, not, don't don't fuck it up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is a high class podcast here. Um, I mean, they, they fucking hate him from the beginning. They fucking hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the the thing about why does he want to kill Steven is like 
just in general, he's just like, please let me kill him before Steven even like looks at the log box. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was really he was ready to kill, kill Steven. Steven from from the jump. Scene one. Yeah. Um they they tell Steven that there's another oil rig in trouble and they send Steven to it, but it's a setup. Yeah. Uh, he finds the foreman's body there and then Dr. Cox blows it up. And Steven gets out in time, but he is launched comically through the air like a ragdoll. Yeah, he sure is. And am, am I correct? Is this where you got the first time? Is that how far you got? Uh, I made it a little further than that. I was a little wow. further along than that. Uh, but not okay. much. Um, we, we did kind of, not that they were huge. We, we, you know, we missed Michael Caine being evil at a press conference. and uh, Oh, yeah, of course. And Steven confronting Michael Caine about the, uh, the bad equipment. And, you know, Stephen going on his how much money is enough uh, rant and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that press conference, a lady throws oil on him. Right, yeah, and, they spill uh, oil all yeah. over Michael Caine, which is great. Yeah, she throws oil on Michael Caine, and uh, she returns later. But she um, throws oil on Michael Caine, and his, like, lady assistant, like, sniffs it or something. She's like, don't worry, it's just oil. <laughs> And I remember being like, well, what did what did they think it was? That would be like worse than oil, like paint. I, don't I feel like paint's better. I assume they think it was just yeah, I assumed like shit. Yeah, but it's like pitch black. It is. So this is very, like very unhealthy black. shit. Michael Caine. <laughs> yeah. Michael Caine assumes all shit is black. <laughs> um Yikes. Jeepers creepers, man. Look, I'm just surprised we got this far. We've done how many episodes now? Like 15? Yeah, probably um, like 50 at this point, actually. Yeah. We've done like six episodes. And I think this is the first time we've really talked about shit. So Yeah. Can't wait for the first time a... we bring up piss in the podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> just you wait, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we've talked about piss. We talked about piss because uh, Out for Justice, when the dog pisses on the dude's head. That's right. We have talked about piss. So we got shit. Made the we record checked show. Box. Yeah. And we checked the piss box. Yeah, we did the vomit box today. And we did the vomit box. So that leaves one big box, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until it comes up naturally. <laughs> yeah. Before we open that chest. Yeah, yeah. That's uh that one we're not ready for. That's for Steven Destroy After Dark. Ooh. <laughs> the worst podcast on the internet. That's yeah, that's the the catchphrase. We welcome to Steven Destroy After Dark. <laughs> The worst podcast, the worst podcast on the internet. Yeah. Um, um, and so we get to the point now where uh, Steven's been blown up and uh, injured. And um, I remember there was a polar bear at one point. I was afraid that Steven was going to have to fight a polar bear for a minute. I wish. He does fight a bear, but it's not a real bear. Yeah, it's a, it's a so metaphorical it's bear. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but he does, he's he's passed out in the snow and he gets found by this little old lady who looks like Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so we, so we get the whole, well, we're, we're, there's another Michael Caine press conference. Oh, all right. Uh, but it doesn't fill matter. Me in, bro. Yeah, he did. No, fill me in. No, he just, what's, he the, just, what's it about? He just gets booed. They just boo him. That's all I wrote. Oh. It's just like they boo Michael Caine at the press conference. Poor, yeah, poor, poor Michael Caine. Um, and then what's his character's name? Uh, you know, Michael Caine. 
Michael. It is Michael. Yeah. Michael Jennings. Michael Jennings. Now that I re- now that I see his name was Michael Jennings, I remember uh, watching it, and at one point Steve calls him Michael, and I like paused it and looked up the name to make sure it's Steve. <laughs> was it just calling him Michael? Because we've seen that mistake made before. I forget which people movie have it was. called Steve. Yeah. People called Steve Steve and above the law. Yeah, that's right. There's a part where they're like Steve, come on. Yeah. Um, Steve. And so he gets taken in by the uh, the 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 tribe, the tribe of natives, and um, the woman who threw oil on Michael Caine is there her dad's the chief of the tribe yeah and she's steven's love interest yeah but um steve wakes up and decides he has to get out of there and go stop michael kane and um (laughs) there's a very weird scene where he like goes to try and steal like a sled and the sled dogs yeah and they all just attack him (laughs) yeah they had an innate sense to uh <laughs> that's <true>. dogs <laughs> defend are good themselves character. yeah <laughs> but they tell steve that he's like not ready i don't know i don't remember but <laughs> yeah i know they make him go on a vision quest yeah they sure do and this is where he fights this metaphorical bear yeah <clears throat> um, there's a dancing naked woman well he has to choose there's like a uh, naked lady just writhing on a bed yeah and then there's a, like a little old lady with an egg shaker yeah and um, he, he's got to, like, make a choice. And I guess the idea is him choosing, like, it's like a temptation thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like the temptation of this naked lady versus this little old lady playing with her egg shaker. <laughs> but it's it was very weird. I don't know what the, the, the old lady symbolizes to Steven. But he uh, makes the right choice because he goes to the lady with the egg shaker. Yeah. And... Uh, she tells them they talk about all the crimes that man has done to mother earth mm-hmm. and how it causes deep suffering in all living beings. And then uh Steven rises from the river like uh, apocalypse now. Yep. It's beautiful. Reborn. Yeah. Just like the end of apocalypse. Now it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. Look, I gotta, I gotta tell you, we're gonna, we're gonna pull the curtain back a minute. Yeah. Because it just occurred to me that what I'm doing is borderline, maybe insane. Yeah. But uh, I have a uh, some all some all some altoids or altoids. Uh huh. Some altoids. Um, I've been eating them all day. Uh huh. And I really wanted an altoid, but of course we're recording a a podcast, and it didn't seem very professional to pop an altoid <laughs> while we're talking. Yeah. So I've been um, holding one altoid. And occasionally licking it like a salt, <laughs> just for like the past thirty minutes. Um, um, I just wanted to yeah to bring that up. Well, you know, I think it's important that the the audience knows you know a little bit more about us. You know, who are we to to sit here and talk about Steven Seagal? You know, without without them knowing about some of the the more pressing details of how the show gets made. That's true. Yeah. I'm still, I'm doing it. I'm still doing it. Yeah. And you know what? We're, uh, we're happier for it. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So take it away. Yeah. So this is when, have we, have we hit what you watched today? Yeah. This is about where I started today. Okay. So you're going to take the lead on this. 
uh, on some. So we are stumbling blind through on Dudley Graham. Yeah, you'll you'll have, uh, you might have to remind me of the order of some of these scenes, but but um, but uh, I'll probably Brother, have. I'm not in the position to remind you of shit. <laughs> and we'll see how this goes. Um, but uh, yeah, this is when Doctor Cox comes to uh to the tribe. Now hold on, I. <laughs> yeah. I had an idea that I want to run by you. Yeah. What if for one of these movies, mm-hmm. we watch it, so one of us watches it without sound or something. <laughs> okay. And then the other one watches it only with sound, but no video. <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll try that in the middle of the direct-to-DVD era. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that was it. Yeah, okay. I just didn't want to forget that. Yeah, I it was you know what? I'm glad we got to do this brainstorming uh, in the middle of the episode too. I think that this is important for sure. Well, um, <laughs> so yeah, Doctor Cox. Steven destroys an organic beast, dude. Yeah, I don't know if people can tell, but we we try, we try to do as little prep as possible. <laughs> very very important to us that we don't know what we're doing when we start this. It's got to be natural. Yeah, it has to be um you know it's you know it's like a, jazz you know it, it, there's a little bit of jazz in here i would say that we're probably the miles davis of podcasters um, now what about um art pepper <laughs> you know what yes what about him what what about him well you know we'll have time to research that after i tell you about this dr cox scene though okay i'm listening i'm ready because um this is this is when it gets gets real 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 good here uh uh for i don't know this isn't worse than the, this this is right up there with the torture scene probably for uh, for good old dr cox as he shows I up i would argue it's worse yeah it's not as like well just it's not it, yeah. yeah it's not Go as ahead. violent i suppose it was yeah it's probably worse but not as violent uh in terms of the blood and gore <clears throat> but uh, dr cox shows up and is looking for steven seagal and he can't find steven seagal but then they find his jacket i believe and uh so he keeps trying to get information and uh can't can't get it out of the native americans and so he just fucking kills one of them he kills the chief if i'm not mistaken yeah uh just fucking shoots him right in the right in the chest kills him uh and then gets dragged away saying that they provoked him um yeah yeah and uh we get uh, the the daughter, the uh, Steven Seagal love interest. Yeah, and her name is Masao. Masao. So we get Masao yeah. saying to Dr. Cox that she is going to watch him die. Which, now that I think about it, I don't, I don't know that she actually does in the movie. I don't believe she does. I don't believe she does. Which, you know, a little but... disappointing from the movie there. <laughs> yeah, well, they weren't going to let her, like, kill him. Well, oh yeah, certainly she wouldn't kill him. But she wasn't even like in the in the area. I don't think when the when when Doctor Cox she, died. She might be. I don't. Know. I can't remember. I might. Be, I can't. Be, I, I might be making that up. But um, yeah, this was uh, this was some pretty rough shit here. Um, and uh, I, as I recall, even Michael Caine was was kind of pissed about this one. <laughs> <laughs> even Michael Caine was like, "What the fuck, dude?" Yeah, man. <laughs> he was like, "Dude, Magruder, come on, Magruder, what do I pay you for?" Um, uh, yeah, they go to the foreman's house. Steve and Masao make a run for it, and they go to the foreman's house and they find the floppy disks. They do um, something very just aesthetically pleasing about floppy disks. Yeah, um, 
it, they just look like they're going to have a lot of information on them. Yeah, well, they kind of give this, like, physical presence of, like, physical manifestation of information, you know? Yeah. It's kind of nice. It's not Nothing like a, like a USB's whatever. Yeah. But well, and, you know... I miss the aesthetic of a floppy disk. Yeah, something to be said here for all the directors and producers who are listening to our show right now. You know, bring back floppy yeah, disks. Yeah, bring back, bring back floppy disks. <laughs> you know what, man? Just put, just put some floppy disks in, like... The next James Bond, but don't acknowledge like that they're floppy disks. Yeah, no, don't have it be part of the plot that they have to find a computer that can use floppy disk. <laughs> yeah. They're just like put the floppy disk in, and they just put it. Yeah, in. just make it part of like, it. You know, people will know. What's all up. the kids are like, "Mom, mom, what is that?" This has become like weirdly, uh, like complaining about how the kids these days. Yeah. Well, this is eventually going to be. Don't become... know the joy of floppy. Disks. I think that like maybe this is one of the unintended side effects of. Uh of watching all these Steven Seagal movies is that we are becoming boomers like little by little with each movie we watch. We're going to be like watching Fox news or something by the time this is over. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that's our next podcast. (laughs) Um, of wait, I I got it already. Okay, great. Of Fox and man. There you go. People might not know that one as a, as just a Metallica reference though. Well, whatever. I don't care. But when they hear the theme um, song, of course. Oh, our, yeah. our devilishly creative theme song of the Metallica yeah. hit classic. So it's of Wolf and Men, right? Or is it of Mice and Men? It's of Mice and Men. <laughs> no, it's of Wolf and Man. It's of Wolf and Man. Oh, yeah. how about that? Well, I'm really embarrassing myself with my Metallica knowledge here. All the Meta- all the Metallica heads listening. Yeah, everybody who misunderstood the name. Yeah, of co- of course there are so many people. Yeah. yeah. So the they're at the foreman's house getting the floppy disks, and the bad guys show up at the house, and just shoot it to shit. Um, I don't really have any specific notes, and I don't really remember too much about it. I'm assuming Stephen breaks some arms. Yeah, it's you know Stephen does what he does. Yeah, he kicks some ass. Is it gross? Is it particularly gross? I feel like there's like a stabbing in there or something. Yeah, it's kind of nasty. I don't know, dude. I barely remember this scene. <laughs> Like, all the memorable shit happens, yeah. like, in the last, like, 15 or 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine and John C. McGinley are still after Steven, and he hires uh, the, the dude from Full Metal Jacket. Yes. Uh, R. Lee Ermey. Yeah. May he rest in peace. track down Steven, because uh, John C. McGinley's not enough, so now we need two well, crazy <laughs> dudes after Steven. Yeah. Plus, like, John C. McGinley. Well... All right, so they're they're both fucking crazy in the in in this movie, uh, 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 in, in like, um, but uh, Arlie Hammer's uh, crazy, um, in a very different different way. In, in well, this he's movie. he's more like measured, I guess. He's more measured. He's not like, but as over the top. Yeah, I, but uh, I'm just I'm just dying to get to this rant that he goes on about Steven Seagal. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've been I've been aching for it since we hit record on this thing. <laughs> do you have the it written down? I have the big quote written down. Okay. I got the big I, one. I do too. Okay, good. So. Yeah, the big one the big one I I made sure I stopped after every every word. I was like I'm not going to miss this. Yeah. Yeah. We got we I, I got the big one. <laughs> so, uh, Steven and Masao they go to some dude's house. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> yeah. He's just some dude, and um, 
I have in my note, I don't know what the plan is, but they're bad guys about Michael Caine. Because I guess, I don't think they have like any sort of plan. He's just trying to get the oil rig up and Steve wants to defend Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh, and he gives this big speech where he says that I don't want to resort to violence, but I don't have a choice. Yep. And then uh, immediately after, it goes into this room, just wall to wall full of guns. Yeah, list list uh, them off. He rails them off, real snappy too. Listing off every every gun he wants. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, real efficient. They, they they get some horses. Yep. And ride up a mountain. Um, you get like a little bit of backstory on Steven where, um, uh, somebody, <laughs> I don't remember who acknowledges that Steven probably was like a, like a spook, some sort of government spy guy. Um, then they go to, <laughs> so much of this movie is just Steven going from like location to location <laughs> and grabbing stuff, gearing up. Yeah. Cause first, first he goes to get the floppiness and he goes to get his guns and he goes to this other just random house in like the side of a mountain where he gets a bunch of explosives. Um, I mean, for the most part, it's fine. There's a pretty good scene where uh, Arlie Ermey leads a bunch of the dudes through the woods where Steven set some traps. And uh, it's kind of grody, but it's it's like uh, kind of nice grody. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. There's some sharp logs. Guy falls on some sharp logs. Yeah. Gotta like that. An exceedingly sharp log that he falls on. Yeah. Um, you get a dude blasted apart by a claymore. Yeah. Yeah, Steven sets a lot of claymores. Oh, yeah. Hey, somebody gets blasted by a claymore, and then Dr. Cox just starts shooting into the air for, like, an extremely <laughs> long time. Like, everybody's like, dude, stop shooting into the air. And he's just spinning around he's on, crazy. His purse, on his horse. Yeah, he's no, like he's, the, he's, he's, he's... He's like the Joker. <laughs> He's truly twisted. He's like the Joker of On Deadly Ground. Yeah. Uh, there's a Stephen comes to a big cliff, and he like jumps the horse over the cliff. But it doesn't look like that big, like a cliff. <laughs> I don't know. I've never jumped a you know yeah over a ravine uh, before, a gorge yeah. or a ravine, whatever it is. I don't know. Uh, in a, on a horse. Yeah. So maybe you know I don't really know, but. It doesn't seem like that big a jump. Yeah. But Steven sets like a little explosive that blows off like the edge of the mountain. So the gap's even bigger mm-hmm. for Arlie Army so they can't get over. And Steven makes it to the oil rig. And then from here, it's just chaos. It's just chaos of Steven deciding he's going to destroy the the oil rig and i guess it's a spoiler but i mean he does he does well and now that i think about it this this has like a uh under siege feel if like under siege were like condensed down to like 15 minutes um because it is steven just kind of kind of snooping around like in a place he's not supposed to be and just like silently killing people and blowing shit up as he goes yeah um yeah and yeah it, it actually yeah, i get it has big under siege vibes yeah um do you want to just get to arlie army because all of a sudden there's like no explanation he just suddenly has learned all about steven and like who he is and says steven's the guy that the military brings in to train the troops yeah um and then yeah he just starts going on so he starts yelling at this fucking dude. He's like, I don't know if you know who this is, man, but this guy's a professional. 
you know, this guy's no amateur we're dealing with here. And then he, uh, he, he paints us this gorgeous, uh, painting of words, um, of, of just the kind of, uh, agent that Steven Seagal is. And he says, um, and I quote here, um, you can drop this guy off at the Arctic Circle wearing a pair of bikini underwear without his toothbrush, and tomorrow afternoon he's going to show up at your poolside with a million-dollar smile and a fistful of pesos. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is by and, far, for me, the best quote that has ever been in one of these movies. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, there's no question. It's like, uh, it's not even something that I would, like, laugh after hearing yeah it's like it's like a pause the movie and just take a moment yeah i, I paused it i was like what the fuck you just gotta, did he you gotta just take say? a moment to process it because you it's like the movie just switched <laughs> to a different language you've never heard before halfway through yeah i had to rewind like three or four times to make sure that i heard him say without his toothbrush correctly i was like without his what his toothbrush but it uh lo and behold folks it truly is toothbrush yeah, well, that's because then he's still got that million dollar smile. Mm-hmm. Again, and, it's poetry, uh, man. This is this is a beautiful we get, thing. We get the classic Steven trope where everybody's just running away from him, but <laughs> all the bad guys are just trying to run away from him, but he's just coming after him like the Terminator. Yeah, everybody abandons Michael um, Caine. Um, yeah, they're all they're all terrified of Steven. Yeah, and he does find. Um, john c mcginley and i know i know we're just jumping around but it's just chaos at the like the yeah <laughs> this like at the climax so i just feel like just kind of going through the stuff that we like without regard to the the order of the madness yeah. but he does find john c mcginley yeah and and he like surrenders yeah pretty much uh, he's he, he's trying to get into a helicopter or he's in a helicopter <laughs> he's in a helicopter and steven like shoots at it yeah right he does yeah yeah so they like have to land and michael kane's like lady assistant or publicist she runs off and then john c mcginley's there and he tries to surrender (laughs) and uh and good guy steven seagal um yeah decides to uh uh throw his head into the propeller of an airplane or of the helicopter yeah yes which I think, which is, is it, um, I don't remember which movie it was, but there's one of them. I know there's probably a couple, but one recently where Steven gouges a dude's eyes out, like in the middle of a fight. Yeah. 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 I think, I think that was under siege. No, that one was, uh, oh no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't under siege. Well, I know he, he gouges out the bad guy's eyes and marked for death. Yeah. That's the one I was thinking but of. I don't think it was that recent, but either way, I know we talked about, we compared it to like Indiana Jones or somebody who's just like an actual like movie hero. Yeah. <laughs> How they don't go around gouging eyes out. And there's a scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark where a dude gets his head smushed up in the like propeller of a helicopter and I was just thinking about how entirely separate those scenes are. Yeah. <laughs> because the Indiana Jones one, it's like this big hulking dude that's beating the shit out of him. And basically the only way, reason he gets his head chopped off is because he isn't paying attention and the helicopter's spinning and it just sort of happens. And so it's still like, it's, you know, not like Harrison Ford's shoving heads and <laughs> helicopter propellers. Whereas in this one, John C. McGinley's surrendering 
and Steve, it just mucks his hat all up. Yeah. Um, and then, and uh, the, yeah, and, th- and this yes. is so great too. Because uh, the lady is uh, uh, trying to drive away, she's trying to drive off, mm-hmm. and she looks back and see the sees that Stephen has killed Doctor Cox, and just yells out, "Fuck him!" And then uh, <laughs> drives but her, her, her hubris. Yeah, drives directly into an oil tank. Uh, as, <laughs> apparently, they're they're quite they're quite common here it's uh this this oil plant that uh michael kane has built and she just fucking blows up the whole the car blows up and she dies um yeah it's it's great it's one of my one of my favorite parts of the movie for sure there's a part where there's like a dude that comes at steven with a knife and steven like grabs the dude's wrist and just tilts it so the man stabs himself in the eye and then steven shoves the dude's face into a wall um it was kind of gross. But it was okay. It's kind of cool. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it was all right. Of uh, of course, with the uh, the them bringing in extra reinforcements uh, to kill Stephen, we get we get some snipers. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, and so I want to say this has happened a few times now. Um in the Steven Seagal movies where there's just these weird in the middle of the climactic scenes of the movie, these very weird out of place, just conversations that happen. Mm -hmm. And this is again, by far the best one. Well, it's (laughs) insanely bizarre because it does like, there's just this whole action scene. Steven's just snapping wrists and stabbing eyes. And then it just cuts out of nowhere to these like silhouettes of these two dudes that are just like, basically watching the movie yeah and like just talking about the movie uh like one of them's just like that motherfucker's good ain't he and the other one's like yeah and he's coming this way yeah and so i don't remember exactly what they're talking about uh with regard to their guns um yeah i don't know if they're talking about like scope because i kind of zoned out and then kind of zoned back in when when, when they were talking because i'm like what the fuck are they doing um because, I don't know, they start talking, like, maybe it's, like, the sight on their gun or something like that. But they're like, do you want to leave it off or do you want to leave it on? And the guy just, uh, the sniper on the left. Oh, I think he's talking about how he wants to hold the stock of the Yeah, gun. holding the stock of the gun. That's what it is. And uh, yeah. so he's like, do you like to, you know, pull it out or, or, or leave it in or whatever? And so the guy says, I like to leave it in because, quote, unquote, uh, when I do that, I feel like a pussy. And when I want to, and when I kill the son of a bitch, I want to feel good about myself. And then he nods in his head and says, "I want to feel solid." Yeah, it, it's like these very weird. It reminds me of the two old dude Muppets, <laughs> like that watch the Muppet Show, yeah, yeah. Statler and Waldorf. It's just like they're these dudes just watching, commenting on the movie, and then. Um, Steven just like shows up and just kills them immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Without like any sort of acknowledgement that these are characters that we've spent weirdly like intimate moments on. Yeah. He just kills them immediately and they're just gone. Um Yeah, it's a I mean it's a weird movie. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, uh you know, Steven's a call direction, man. Of course. Yeah. Him and Masao find Michael Kane. And Michael Caine says, this the slut bitch you've been banging? And Steven's reply is, no, not her. 
Which doesn't even make sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I, God, sincerely. fucking mean, Steven. Yeah. Um, Not this slut. <laughs> yeah. The other, you know, the other one. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, and this whole Michael Caine death scene here is um, pretty weird. It, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, Michael Caine well, just decides that he's just going to dip, I guess. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you can't kill me. <laughs> yeah. And he just leaves. And it just turns to it's leave. So, it's so stupid. And I, like, I feel like almost bad for Michael Caine. Like, this is such a stupid scene. Because Michael Caine starts walking away. You know, Michael Caine the man, not Michael Caine the character uh, in this movie. Michael Jennings or whatever. Because uh, he starts walking away and he says something like, you won't shoot a man in the back. You have a moral code. Like, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. yeah. And, like, we just watched Steven throw a helpless man's head through a propeller in, air, in a helicopter. Like, I don't, I don't know what moral compass you're thinking of here with Steven Seagal. So Stephen like lassos him like fucking Indiana Jones, and uh, yeah. uh, a lot of Indiana Jones parallels actually in this movie, uh, <laughs> and then just like hangs him over a pit of oil. Um, and, but then he shoots the wire that's like holding him over the oil, so Michael Caine falls into all the oil at the bottom. Yeah, at uh, at Masao's request, if I remember correct. <clears throat> I I, but... She says something, and then Stephen shoots the wire. <laughs> I did, like I said at the beginning, I read through the Wikipedia summary just to try and kind of refresh my memory about it. Yeah. And, and there's a very, the whole thing is actually written very weirdly. Um, Much like the But the, the way it describes this part is uh, Taft and Bissau confront Jennings, string him up, and drop him into a pool of oil, effectively drowning Jennings in his own wealth. Beautiful, man. And see it's deeper than you thought yeah it's it's, uh it's dramatic it's uh as george lucas would say man it's it's poetry you know it rhymes <laughs> but uh <laughs> they blow up the rig yeah of course yeah we, they blow up. you know we, we're telling you what you knew what was coming here uh the oil rig gets blown up yeah and steven saves the day and to quote again from the wikipedia plot summary of the movie <laughs> yeah the great poet like all great like all great podcasts do let's read the wikipedia <laughs> summary for this movie um but it says as an epilogue taft far from being arrested for sabotage and multiple murders parentheses self-defense is asked to deliver a speech at the alaska state capitol yeah and so this is my thing is that Taft, uh, to my knowledge, does not work for anybody in this movie. He works for Michael Caine. Well, that's even worse uh, because <laughs> he works for Michael Caine. Oh, you mean because he just like killed his boss and all these people yeah. and blew up an oil rig? It's like, look, man, I've had some. But it was self defense. I've had some bad days on the job, man. Let's, you know, everybody has, but I don't think. Uh, I don't think I'd get away with what Steven Seagal got away with in this movie. Um, and so, yeah, I yeah. guess it was self-defense, <laughs> but he also did, like, fucking, like... Yeah. Oh, no, it's not self-defense yeah. if you go to a place yeah, that's exactly. It's like he, kill you for being <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, it's like... And he just showed up at this place he wasn't, you know, he wasn't allowed to be at. He just started blowing it up. So, like, yeah, I think that... Uh, I think that Stephen might be guilty of some crimes here. Uh, minimum, uh, 
uh, with some sort of act of terrorism for blowing this yeah, this building no, exactly. up. Yeah, exactly. It, it is quite literally environmental terrorism. Yeah, yeah. But he's uh, given a speech at the Alaska State Capitol. Yep. About the dangers of oil. It's basically like um, a PowerPoint presentation. Um, well, it's like a very long. It, it's like, uh, it's. I, I think it's. I put down that it's four minutes long. Yeah. It, it, which is yeah a long time for a scene in a movie that's just a dude talking yeah especially when it's steven seagal yeah oh. especially it's just like shots of like nature you know like splayed over top of steven's powerpoint oh, presentation. Yeah, it's just, it, yeah it's just stock footage of like mountains yeah and it's on par with the like bald eagle spills. at the beginning of the movie <laughs> He does this thing where he talks about like how people won't be using gas-powered cars anymore, and then you see these fucking bonkers-looking cars. <laughs> He's like Jetsons ass, fucking. Yeah, yeah. they're like goldfish crackers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And Steven's like, have you ever heard of weird. you know these non-combustible engines where you can just fuel them with alcohol and water? Yeah, and then it's it's over. Yep, it's and just done. That's it. He gives a speech, and the movie's over. Um, and that's on deadly ground. Yeah. Um, I want to, while we're talking about the speech at the end, I do want to dive straight into some IMDb trivia. Oh, great. Because this is uh, a little piece of IMDb trivia that I just, it it would almost make more sense if this was something that came from another Steven Seagal podcast that uh, frequently added fake trivia (laughs) for laughs because it is absolutely insane. Okay, great. And so as we always say, obviously you can't trust the IODB trivia. So take everything I'm about to say with a grain of salt. It is the biggest part of the show. (laughs) Steven Seagal filmed almost 40 minutes of footage for the environmental message at the end of this movie and planned to use all of it in the final cut. After pressure from Border Brothers and a disastrous preview screening where audience members booed, laughed, and made obscene gestures for the entire sequence, Seagal cut the final scene down to about seven minutes. Whoa. Oh my god. And it it's it's insane enough to where I like don't know if that's true or yeah, not. Yeah, that sounds that sounds very fake. But wow. I mean, this movie is not long. No, it's not. Um, it does break that hundred minutes barrier that we have for the most part managed to avoid mm-hmm. up until under siege, but it's only 101 minutes, which means if there was an extra, let's say even just 30 minutes, it would be over two hours <laughs> and 10 minutes long with 30 minutes at the end of Steven giving an environmental rant. I would do truly anything for the director's cut of this movie. If that, if that story is true. Yeah, I would. I, well, I don't know if I would watch it, but no, I, it I, would I don't be I, impressed. I don't know if I could handle it all. I would. I would not like. I would not be like an attentive listener to it. But well, I mean, we would have to. That's true. We would. We would have to do a whole separate episode on it. Yeah, episode seven, part two. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was basically it for the imdb trivia um supposedly steven seagal agreed to do under siege 2 if warner brothers let him like make this movie (laughs) and direct it which is interesting um 
Henry Rollins was considered for the role of Magruder. Goodness gracious. I think he would have made a good Magruder. I think he would have too. I think he's good at being insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's a top five talent of his probably. Well, speaking of IMDb trivia, our favorite segment, every week we add a little piece of IMDb trivia that may or may not be true to each movie just to mark our place in uh, Steven Seagal history. Um, Quote unquote, last week we did for Under Siege, Erica Alaniac demanded her character have a different name so Steven Seagal wouldn't know her real one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, two out of two people found that interesting. Wait, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, which means... We're making an influence here. One means that we're making an influence. Two means that in the past month, two different people have looked at the IMDb trivia for Under Siege. Huh. Uh, so what trivia are we adding for on deadly ground this week and have we missed anything is there anything else we want to address um, anything else we've forgotten that we do on our podcast n- no no i think that we i think we covered pretty much everything that there is to say about this movie um per usual you know don't watch it well yeah it's um like the first thing we say every week yep and we mean it and um hmm well, uh, this is a kind of a fascinating movie here in that, uh, you know, it's hard to come up with things that, you know, that were more absurd than, than what was actually shown <laughs> on the screen at times. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think I got one. Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, so I got Steven Seagal would frequently forget he was directing as well as starring and leave set in between takes. Great. Um, Actually, here, let's make this a little bit more <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I, I was going to say that he would he would forget that there was no director and and uh, uh would angrily ask for the director at times when uh, when things weren't going well in the movie. Uh, uh, if he didn't like takes right. that were being made, he would uh, he would angrily ask where the director was. All right, so I'm changing that one a little bit more. Too. Okay, great. This is again constantly evolving process here. Steven Seagal would frequently forget he was directing as well as starring, and would frequently demand Warner Brothers fire the director for being absent <laughs> on set. <laughs> There it is. There it is. All right. And that is our trivia. All right. So now we're going to get into sentencing. Every week we sentence Steven Seagal based on that week's movie for, uh, or in addition to the life sentence he already deserves. Do you think I need to keep saying that every week? At what point can I stop explaining the podcast? Yeah, I, don't know. I don't think it probably, probably doesn't matter that much. You know? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think that's probably pretty true. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Where are you thinking? Where, where are you standing on sentencing? 
or on deadly ground well i think on deadly ground is a, a kind of interesting case um in that this is aside from um out for justice this is this is probably like the the wackiest movie we've seen so far for me um I guess at, at, at times it's extremely wacky and at other times it's extremely boring. Yes. Um, and so it's been so long that I don't really remember what I've sentenced him for other movies. And so, uh, I'm going to take that in stride and just, you know, I'm going to give him a flat five years for it not being terrible. Uh, uh, but it being terribly boring. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually right on board. I'm going to also do five years. Um, it's not terrible. It's really not. It's at the very least insane enough to like hold interest. Yep. And I will, I've always said that Steven Seagal's staunch environmentalism is his weirdest trait because it's good. <laughs> it's true. And even though this movie does everything wrong, its heart is kind of in the right place. And we won't be able to say that of. too many times. I I sincerely doubt we will ever be able to say that again. Yeah. And I do want to stress, I don't think Steven Seagal's heart is in the right place. Yeah. I would wager he does not have one. <laughs> but the movie itself is, I, I, I do think, comes from, like I said, the right place. So I'm going to do five years as well. Yeah. And so an additional 10 years brings Steven's sentence to life plus 127.5 years. Awesome. And uh, were there any motherfuckers this week? Oh, fuck if I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I basically watched this this movie like over the span of a month, so I have no All idea. Right. Yeah. All right, that's yeah. I'm putting fuck if I know. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, forgot that was a bit I was doing while I was watching this movie. Because uh, it's been it's been so long since Steven said any said one that uh, yeah just kind of kind of forgot that that was a thing I was doing so yeah we'll just put fuck if I know so so far he's done like yeah. f- he's been he's done like four and fuck if I know <laughs> we actually yeah we have five and above the law one in hard to kill and then just nothing yeah we'll get back to it. I'm waiting for the directed DVD. Right. He's still uh he's still playing it cool for the for the big Hollywood uh, execs. Yeah, well we still got a good ways to go. Next week we're gonna be talking Under Siege Two, Dark Territory. Um the first sequel Steven ever did. Yeah. And um so again again, things are a little bit weird now because we've kinda of, we fell off the wagon. Uh, our blood oath did account for shit happens, life happens. You can't watch and record a podcast on a Steven Seagal movie every week. You know, it's not realistic. Yep. But so now that we've had this weird sort of, you know, like I said, sort of slip, how are you feeling about getting back into the Steve? Well, um, you know, obviously the, uh, the, uh, the the break you know was was quite taxing um you know my you know having hit my head quite as hard as i did um you know quite rough but um i think that that uh, steven seagal made everything infinitely worse and uh and yeah that's how that's how i feel 
That's how I feel. It's just, it's just it, it doesn't feel good, and, uh, <laughs> and that's just the way that I feel. Yeah, I, I got to say, I feel more daunted by it now than I did any time where we in the past when we were actually in the shit. Yeah. Now that we like got to get back into it, I am significantly more daunted by the idea, uh, considering that we still have just a little bit less than 50 Steven Seagal movies to go. Well, and I think another thing that can be said here is that I think that because we did slip and had to take a couple of weeks off, um, that it becomes even more real that we came back to a podcast after a three-week three week break that we have as of yet released zero episodes of and uh this uh this commitment that that uh that this shows i think is um terrible well we're i mean we're doing it yeah 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 it's we're here but i i definitely am the least enthused about it that i've been so far yeah and on that note (laughs) I think that it's uh, time to say adieu. Yep. Uh, thanks again for tuning in, everybody. Like I said, next week we're gonna be diving into Under Siege Two. Don't don't watch ahead. Yeah, we'll do that for you. That's why we're here. Um, you know. All right, take us out. Yeah, from us to you. Do it for usual. Thanks a lot, and uh, you know, thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Why don't you take your lively chubby ass and get the fuck off my car? I'm starting to get scared. I'm starting to get scared. Get the fuck out of here. We have a problem. Steven started ad-libbing. I guess that means I won't get to see you go through puberty. I will snatch every motherfucker.